We are back. Jay Foreman and Austin, old school. You hear the Ed Lover? That's old school, actually. Uh, from Yo MTV Raps right there. We are back. Old school brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop located at 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. They have their own sauces, spices, pasta, seafood. Um, they have their own jerky. Uh, they probably have their own candy. You know, they got everything <laughs> underneath the sun. I tell you, I love going up in there and the food tastes great. So we appreciate their support. Top of the hour, five o'clock hour. Um before we uh, went to break, I said we wanted to talk a little bit about the Lady Huskers because I think they uh, found their rhythm a little bit. Last two games, it was always good for them to win for a senior night, even though they don't have a lot of seniors. Um, but they have some players that seem like they've been playing forever, but it's always good for them to win on senior night and to uh, go into the Big Ten tournament, uh, you know, on an uptick, which is obviously uh, winning. Obviously, it hasn't probably been the best year for Nebraska as far as a, uh, you know, where they're at is, is, is as far as, uh, you know, where the win losses. I mean, obviously when you make the tournament, I think they uh, had expectation to be a little bit more consistent, but I think, you know, what this year is, it's the perfect example of, you know, two years ago, I think they fought and, and they probably got overlooked for being in the tournament. They made it. And then now they're on everybody's radar screen. Teams have gotten better. You're not sneaking up on anybody and everybody's looking at say, Hey, we got to play Nebraska. We got to give them their best shot. So then now they're, you know, going into the Big Ten tournament, going to try to make some hay. So, and this is a year that, you know, the Big Ten has five teams ranked, uh, Illinois and Purdue, which is a little bit ahead of Nebraska, and the win-loss column and games behind. Uh, they've had better years than they usually have had. And so Nebraska right there at 8-10 and 10, uh, is looking to make some noise once they get into the tournament. I think they'll have a good draw. Um, I'm not sure who they play, Austin. I'm going to look right here. They got Michigan State in the first round in the 8-9. Yeah, and I think they, you know, they match up well against Michigan State. They're, Michigan State, uh, Nebraska's beaten the first time, um, and so they get to play them again. It was a tough game, but I think Michigan State plays kind of a la like the Michigan State men. Tough, gritty, physical. I think Nebraska has been playing really well the last couple games, and they've had some consistent scoring, um, you know, from bench players and guys in, or your females or ladies that, uh, normally have been scoring. And I think, you know, it's something that was a little unique. I don't know if it was senior day or not. I don't think uh, Alexis Markowski started, and then she kind of went off this last game. So I think it was a little bit of an inspiration. But then also I think it was, a, you know, maybe a little motivation tactic. And so uh, it was good for, to see them win. Uh, they played well. Jazz Shelley has been actually pretty consistent this year. Um, I think Hybe and her are going to really play uh, big dividends in, in this game against Michigan State because I think it's going to be a tight game. And it's going to come down to free throws and guard play. And that's where Nebraska feels like they have a, an advantage over a majority of teams that they play in the Big Ten. Because when you think of like look, think of Jazz Shelley, right? She had 19.6 assists and 13 boards. You know, she's not very big, right? And uh, the Australian assassin goes in there at all, you know, 5'9", and gets in there and get busy. You know, a little smiling face goes in there and sets the tone. Now, what that does is, is she, what she does a good job at Nebraska defenses did, did a really good job of forcing uh, Northwestern to shoot some shots that they necessarily wouldn't want, right? Long rebounds, she gets it, get into the break, control the tempo, and be efficient. That's where you like the six assists, too. So, um, you know, I think Nebraska's starting to play well. I think I expect them to play well in the Big Ten tournament, but I wanted to give them uh, a little bit of this first segment because of 
um, you know, look, a little bit of a downturn. You could have very easily, you know, tapped out. He had some injury, right? Injury, obviously, to a big, big player in Widener this year, uh, who was a very, very good player um, that came out of nowhere last year, but a tempo setter. You had to recover from that, kind of like a la Fred Horberg and the Hellcat Huskers. Now you got the Hellcat Lady Huskers, uh, which I think they start a little bit faster than the than the boys or than the men. Um, but they're able to rebound two wins in a row, and they look a lot better, Austin. That's the mm-hmm. thing. The optics, the eye test, they look a lot better. The, the passing is, is better and crisper. The efficiency on offense is better. The defense intensity is better. And the ability to fight through some adversity is really, really good uh, or has been better. Because, look, when you lose four games in a row, right, you lost to Illinois, lost to Michigan, okay, you lost them by five, that's a tough game. Okay, then you lose a, a 95-92 game against, to Minnesota, which not it was, it was defense was optional, okay? <laughs> and then you have the hangover, and you get a 20-burger put on you against Iowa. Then you turn around and say, you know what? We, 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 we got to pull up our socks and, and tighten up our shoes a little bit more, and then we're going to go ahead and bust Illinois' head open to the white meat on the road to let you know, guys know that we're for real, and then we're going to do it again on senior night, Michigan State, 1130, March 2nd. I don't feel sorry for him, but the Amy, Amy Williams-led uh, Huskers are really going to do, hopefully do some work. What do you think? Yeah, getting these these two wins in a row to end the regular season is big. You want to be playing your best basketball come March. And Nebraska's played better you know, in these two wins than it did in the four losses. But I still don't think we've seen Nebraska basketball's best from this team consistently all year. On the one hand, that's a little worrying because it's a little late to to flip that switch. But here's the thing. It's going to be March when they play next. You know, crazy things happen in March. This is a team that, like you said, made it to the NCAA tournament last year, has the talent level. You know, we know Jazz Shelley's a good player. We know what Sam Hybe can be. We know what Alexis Markowski can be. If, if Izzy Bourne is your third or fourth option, you got some talent. You got some girls that can, you know, put the ball in the basket, and that's a good thing to have. Now's the time to have that sense of urgency and really, you know, live up to what we all think their talent can be. The first time Nebraska played Michigan State, they got off to a pretty big lead. Michigan State clawed all the way back to tie it, and Nebraska found a way to win late. Same thing against Northwestern. Both of those wins preceded that four-game losing streak. So the warning signs were there for Nebraska against Michigan State the first time, but they found a way to win. And really, that's what you have to do this time. You know, the 8-9 matchup is supposed to be you know one of the closest ones in the opening round. The two teams are right next to each other. And you get your crack at the one seed if you win. You know, you can't look past Michigan State because last season it was a three-point win for Nebraska in the regular season. This year, a four-point win. I expect this to be a one- or two-possession game. It's what seems to happen with these two teams. And then you take your chances with Indiana, a team that you played to a draw through regulation on the road in Assembly Hall. You took, you know, number one team in the conference, number one overall seed, and right now, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament bracket to overtime on their home court. On a neutral court, you should have you know every reason to believe you can hang with that team again. And Jay, this is a women's team that it needs a win, if not two, to get its way you know back right. in the big dance. They're they're above 500 right now, which is good at 16 and 13, and not at risk of falling below 500. But if you beat a team in Michigan State that that's pesky and tough. You parlay that into, you know, you knock the rust off the night before, hope Indiana has some rust, come out, punch them in the mouth early, find a way to get that one. 
that's huge. Right now, according to the ESPN Bracketology, Nebraska is the, the second team out of the field. A win over Indiana, coupled with an Oregon loss and one of the other teams that's in the, the last four in ahead of them, probably has Nebraska mm-hmm. in the field. Probably a play-in game as an 11 seed, um, but that's about where Nebraska right. was last year in the 7-10, 6-11 type of game. Right. So, you know, despite the ups and downs, everything that, you know, was on the table for this team to start the season is still there. The season isn't lost, but you can't wait anymore. You have to play, you know, all 40 minutes, start to finish, with that sense of urgency to still make the season what you wanted it to be when it started. Yeah, I mean, it's it, look, you are where you are right now. And you got to make the most of it. And that's what I think they've done. So you got to get, you know, I want to focus on that. And that's obviously the, the you know, the, the positive part. They went through a little bit of lull, you know, a little woe is me. Went up there and lost the game that could have been, you know, you're thinking ahead. You know, if we beat Minnesota, you kind of throw a game up against Iowa. And then next thing you know, you go up and lay an egg in Minneapolis, 95-92. Yeah, you could talk about the calls at the end of it. And Amy Williams said herself, we did not play any type of defense. And that's not what this team is built on. You go home against Iowa. Caitlin Clark, Sir Flop a lot or Miss Flop a lot. Well, she's a great player. The flops are just outrageous. But you know what? Rest fall for it, and you get beat by twenty. But this lets you know the culture of the team, the the the, the players, and the leadership to turn around to go on the road again. Which you could have just let it just kind of. You know, I like how Austin. Have you ever seen it where they have a you know a bucket of water, you know, at a park or something, maybe mm-hmm. Great Wolf Lodge, and then it tips over another. Then it just splashes on everybody. Yep. Well, they stopped it. You know, they put a, you know, put their finger in the hole in the dam and, and uh, you know, went up there to Illinois and, 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 and got it together. And then obviously doubled down on Northwestern, a game that where it's senior senior day, you can kind of lose focus. But this team was extremely focused. And, you know, maybe that Minnesota game and that 20 point loss to Iowa was, was a wake up call. And look, Nebraska could say, hey, look, Iowa's a great team. They're having a great year this year. But are they 20 points better than us? And, and did we play? Uh, or did they beat us by 20 points or did we give them a little bit of access to beating us by 20 points? And so those are the self-evaluation that they had and they did a good job of it of going back to it. And I got a, I got a little, uh, a little name for them. Hell skirt Huskers <laughs> from, uh, the anonymous text. There's one, six, three, four. So that's what we're going to call them. Hell skirt Huskers. Okay. Starting, uh, Running the second it. against Michigan state. So, you know, I think beat Michigan state play well. And obviously, you'd like to have two victories. I think they sit really, really good on trying to get back to the tournament. And I think it's a team that uh, could cause some people some trouble. Some trouble. I think that with Nebraska, it's always it's going to be about matchup, right? Mm-hmm. They can get that matchup if they can get in the tournament this year. I think they have the experience of which they didn't have last year. See, that's what we talked about. I wish they got in the year before when they really jumped on the scene, and they didn't get in. And then they, you know, last year or next year, last year would have been a little bit, uh, you know, easier on the experience uh, side. They would have done well, but uh, this year uh, they handle Michigan State and see who comes up next, and they handle that. You know, I think once you're thinking, once you get past Michigan State, and whoever's playing in that game, you know, that that they play the winner could be an upset victory and a better matchup for Nebraska. So, you know, none of that means anything until they are, you know, they got to handle their business, but. You know, I want to give them the props. Amy Williams, those guys, and those uh, those staff, and those those young ladies uh, represented well uh, these last two games after a four game slide. So I also want to get back into Nebraska basketball on this Austin, the bottom half of this big.
Did we lose Jay? Jay, you still there? Just come back and beat them. And now that Nebraska's leapfrogged them in the uh, in the standings. And so that was a huge loss for Penn State. That was a big win for Nebraska um, in the sense of they were able to get in the top 10, not having as of right now, right? As of today, if it, if the Big Ten, start, uh, ten tournament started, excuse me, they will be playing on Thursday, which is huge. You would never think that Nebraska is going to be playing on a Thursday in the Big Ten tournament. And so it's huge. And so that that loss, um, and when you look at this Penn State team in, their, in the last two games that they have, right, and you think of, you know, I think at the end of the season, whether it's football, basketball, men's or women's basketball, volleyball, or anything like that, you think about momentum. Who's playing the best basketball? So obviously Penn State with that ugly loss against Rutgers at home, right, um, is is could have some lasting effects, right? So they lost on their home court after winning by almost 20, uh, 59 to 56 loss. Now they play at Northwestern on March 1st, 8 p.m., primetime game. Northwestern is playing some good basketball right now. Penn State is not going on the road uh, after giving a game away against an injury-depleted Rutgers team, even though they're defensive-minded going up against a Northwestern team that scores at a pretty good clip and has really good guard play, which could be the kryptonite to Jalen Pickett and or Jalen Pickett, excuse me, with his guard, the way he plays guard, which is kind of like a power forward and an assist man. And then they, then they have their last game March 5th against the 21st ranked Turpins, uh, Maryland Turpins who are playing really, really well, even though Nebraska beat them, um, you know, it, just a few games ago here in Lincoln, they actually are playing a lot better. They're they're scoring more efficiently. They're really, really good on the defensive end. Um, and they're getting con- consistent scoring from all five of their starters and their two guys off the bench. So if I'm Penn State, it's red alert. It's DEFCON 2 leading to DEFCON 1. It is uh, could be a, a season that you thought that Penn State would have been a maybe I wouldn't say a lock for the NCAA tournament, but had control of their own destiny. Could end the season, Austin, losing three games in a row after winning three games in a row. Mm-hmm. Remember, they beat Illinois pretty bad, beat Minnesota, beat Ohio State, but that also was before they had uh, one, two, three, and four losses. So they've been inconsistent, but they could end it three games, three game losing streak. Well, what that means for Nebraska, right? That means Nebraska most likely, um, when you compare them and Wisconsin, has to win one of the last two to keep that 10 spot. Because when I look at Wisconsin's last two games, right, um, and the, you know they got they're led by Checky Hebron and they've been playing, they're pretty you know pretty good. They they beat Iowa, uh, lost to Michigan pretty pretty tough. You got to think they they play Purdue. That's probably an L, right? But then they play at Minnesota at 6.30 on FS1. Um, and that's going to probably be the game. If, ne- if Nebraska splits, Nebraska, I think, stays pat. If Nebraska goes 0 for 2, that means they're playing Wednesday. Am I correct in my thinking? Am I, I'm not big into this bracket, bracketology, <laughs> but is that, is, that my, is that my guesstimation right there, uh, that Wisconsin would leapfrog Nebraska if they win one game and Nebraska loses two? Yes, because right now, if you look at the, the Big Ten standings, Nebraska, Penn State, Wisconsin all have eight wins. So even though Nebraska beat Wisconsin head-to-head, that only comes into play if they have the same record in terms of wins and losses in conference play. So if Nebraska gets skunked and Wisconsin goes 1-1, one and one, then yes, Wisconsin's ahead of Nebraska. 
I don't know exactly how the tiebreaker would work with Penn State. Um, if Nebraska and yeah. Penn State end up with the same record because those teams split the regular season series. So I'd need to dive into that a little bit more. And Jay, as you were going through those schedules, right. um, I would say Nebraska has the toughest road. I really would. Because Michigan State, yeah. really solid. Again, they're going to be favored in Lincoln tomorrow night. That's a solid, talented team with still a lot on the line. And I know Nebraska has you know the longest winning streak in the Big Ten at four right now. I know they're playing really well, but momentum doesn't factor into Vegas lines. It really doesn't. Michigan State is up and down roster, more talented. So you're going to be an underdog there. And then you go on the road to Iowa, a place that hasn't treated you well for their senior day. Oh, and you beat them earlier in the season, so they're going to be motivated. Nebraska's playing well enough. You hope they manage to pick off one of two, but I don't think it's overly surprising, or nor should it be overly disappointing if you know Nebraska does go 0-2. What you need is help from other teams. You need right. Minnesota to play spoiler against Wisconsin. That goes a long way. Purdue's on a backslide. They're still more talented than Wisconsin. You take them to win that game. Penn State has the most fascinating schedule, though, because I think Northwestern and Penn State match up pretty well. You mentioned the, the guard matchup there right. with Pickett for Penn State and then Bowie and Audis for Northwestern. Even throw Ty Berry into that mix. So I think those are two teams that could get up and down with their guards, um, and I'm fascinated to see that matchup. And Maryland's playing well, but they're going on the road. Maryland hasn't been very good on the road. They picked it up a little bit in Lincoln um, against Nebraska before ultimately falling short, but their road resume isn't really anything. So I would say it's most likely um, of those three teams that Penn State finds a way to win two, but I still wouldn't be shocked if all three of those teams go one and one and we just have a big jumbled mess there in that 10-11-12 pecking order. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And But, you know, Nebraska, if you got this far, look, you, you haven't gotten anything easy, right? So mm-hmm. nobody's going to give you anything. And so you got to go take it. Now, whether you got to beat Michigan State or you got to go to Iowa and beat them. And um, at the end of the day, you, you'd like to think you win both of them. I think Nebraska has a ton of confidence right now. And it's not fake confidence. It's They've been through the grinder. you got two starters that have been a big part of Nebraska, you know, optically looking like a better team, two leaders, two, two tough guys that – you could depend on obviously played really well, you know, in the, in the beginning of the season and, and went up to Creighton and kind of showed what they can do. Two of those guys are, you know, it seems like back-to-back weeks are gone, not only for a couple of weeks, but for the whole season. And then to go down the roster and get guys to step up, Lawrence, Hoiberg, um, Blaze Keita, you know, obviously I know he's had the ankle problems, but the game that he came on and had 10 rebounds and done really well. So, and then Derek Walker, and then the finding a way to get Casey uh, to be consistent consistently scoring over 20 points for five or six games. And then when he's getting, you know, the focus of the defense, you got Sam Griesel to handle his business, Dare Walker. You had C.J. Walker play well. You had Sam Hoiberg and Lawrence. And so right now, uh, Nebraska, you know, should feel like they can go out and beat anybody. Now, look, is it going to be easy? No. But in the Big Ten, you when you play in the Big Ten, nothing's easy. So, um, you know, that it just comes down to them going out and, and playing the best that they, you know, their capabilities and see where it shakes out after that. Because uh, ultimately, where they're at as a program is, is a lot farther than, you know, anybody expected. And, and so but this also doesn't mean that let's just be OK with, you know, being one game above 500 and being OK. You know, you worked hard. You, you had, you know, there at, there was a point where you're four or five games under 500 and people were wondering, should you just you know, close up shop and just forget about the whole season, start looking at other coaches. You know, how people in Nebraska just start 
you know, thinking doom and gloom and it's over. Well, you know, you have to have some sort of culture inside of those basketball walls to be able to face this type of adversity and, and, and inspire guys to come to practice every day, work hard, and then step up and then step up in, against the teams that they've beaten. So, um, you know, look, right, you know, like I said, Maryland's 21. Uh, Nebraska hung with them and not only beat them. And so um, here comes Michigan State. They're probably a little pissed off. But so what? You know, everybody right now is pissed off. You're tired. Uh, you know, it's, it's not very bright outside as far as it's not the best weather. You got to go on the road. Um, Tom Izzo is probably uh, puckered up real tight, and so is, is his team. But that doesn't mean that you just go and, and lay down and let them kind of, you know, get a little bit of confidence boost uh, for you. But you go and bring it to them, and then you test their will like people have tested your will. So uh, right where Nebraska is at is, is, a, is a good place, but let's not be happy in this place right here. Um, let's go and, 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 and finish this uh, home part of the, of, of the uh, schedule off the right way in a primetime game. Because it's not it's not just about this game. What you're putting out there is letting teams know here in a, in a week or so, this is what you're going to get in the Big Ten. And what you've been hearing about Nebraska the last five, six games or two weeks or whatever is for real. And so it's a great opportunity for them to go out there and play. And uh, they're playing a, you know, a blue blood type of program in Michigan State. And so um, I'm sure they're excited um, and, and, and they take the same approach that they had Saturday as they did, the, you know, the, the games before, they'll be just fine. And, and uh, I'm be interested and be tuning in and see what they do tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. Late game, though, Austin, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's, that's past my bedtime, man. I get those, <laughs> those games that are on primetime TV, you know, the, that game won't get over to what, 1030? If we're lucky. If it starts you know? right at 8, it should be over yeah. by 1030. Otherwise, yeah. you're yeah, talking 1045. Right yeah. Yeah, you know, people will be, you know, I'm telling you one thing about PBA, you know, like if it's an eight o'clock, it's an eight o'clock game. So that means like long wells or whatever is down there, they're going to have plenty of business. Mm-hmm. And then it also means that, uh, you know, they're going to be, the crowd is going to be a little electric. And so, you know, Better it be. might be a little bit of late game. And so if you're there and, and then you come out of that, that stadium and your head's ringing, it's a good thing. So look, man, it's, it's, it's something that they've earned. <laughs> and now they got to keep it and go and, uh, you know, double down on it. So I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, moving forward, both as a program and individually as players. So I'm excited for them. They deserve it. You know, Horberg has came in a few times to the studio along with D Walker and those guys are a great bunch of kids. And so you got to be excited for the, uh, you know, the Nebraska basketball program, Nebraska athletics as well, just because, you know, the men's side of stuff uh, struggled and it's, it's good to have them uh, have some positive stuff going on. Uh, you know, besides, you know, having big time recruits there and having his name called. Do you, have you ever also went, have you ever had your name called? That you know, I know you're you're pretty well known in greatness. <laughs> when you go back to your old old high school, do they they say Austin? They 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 call your name or what? I got one chant. I got one chant in high school. Um, this would have been uh cr- the our Christmas tournament at Lincoln Lutheran that we hosted of my senior year. Uh, we're playing Elkhorn Mount Michael, and uh, down the stretch, right. um, I, I was the one shooting all the free throws. So I got two one and ones uh, that I hit. All four of. I missed the front end of the the first time. I got to shoot two, but I made the last three. And I remember going to the line uh, for the last time uh, to push the lead. Would have been from two for my first ones to what ultimately ended up being a nine point game. After I go seven eight at the free throw line, pat myself on the back for that retroactively. Um, but yeah, walking up to the line right. that last time, I got a little Austin Orman. And you know, you, 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 yeah. it was yeah, you, cool, were, but you were, can't were think you about it. Though? No, you're at the free throw line. It's a free were throw. You, Okay, I just wanted to make you didn't you didn't uh, airball and just barely touch the rim, did you? No, Jay, I made you them both. There, I made them both. 
I, okay, that's what you I, do. I, they're they're free throws. You knock yeah, them home. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I expected that. <laughs> I knew it. I was just messing with you. So, anyways, good first segment, Austin. I, after coming back, I want we're gonna. It's the last uh, long segment. I want to ask you. Uh, just to, we're gonna go like maybe a little rapid fire and then some NFL stuff. I want to really focus on if you were the GM for the Chicago Bears, flying on your private jet headed to Indianapolis. What type of deals would you be looking for for that pick, and what would you do? So think about it going in into the break, and we're gonna get your answers, and I'll be the a GM as well and see if we have comparable answers. Austin and Jay Foreman uh, after this break, old school. <laughs> 